Hey guys, this is Andy. Welcome to our pilot episode of Shut the Door. We're so happy to have you. In today's episode, we discuss Andrew Gillum's nomination for Florida's Democratic Governor, Chick-fil-A's friendly staff and religion, and etiquette involving black women's hair. We're so glad you're here, so why don't you come on in, shut the door, and join the conversation. Okay, shut the door. exactly where we live. We are um, Florida residents. Yes, we are. And um, some history was made this past Tuesday. Yes, it was. Um, Andrew Gillum was elected the um, the Democrat, the Democrat for um, governor, or excuse me. He was elected the Democrat. He won the primary for the Democratic candidate to be governor for the general election that will happen in November. Right. Right. For Florida governor. Right. Okay. So, um, anyway, that's a pretty exciting story. Um, it is. Yeah. As the years go on, I get more into politics, and it still is very interesting to me that in 2018, in a country that's over, you know, 200 years old, now granted, civil rights only happened, you know, in the 60s and whatnot, but it's still surprising to me that we're still having firsts. Yeah. Of um, people of color being... And women, you know, as well, being elected to office, but carry on. Definitely. Um, so anyway, we, my husband and I, uh, voted in the primaries as well, and we both, um, we liked two candidates. So what we did is I voted for one and he voted for another. Right. And I can't remember which one I did and which one he did, but Gillum was one of them. Um, and, you know, he's got a lot of good ideas he really seems to care about the Floridians and the people of Florida and making sure that you know we all the are, people of Florida all, yeah exactly and so I'm excited about his candidacy but I'm also nervous because he is a black man the the state that we live in um what are your I think what are your, your nervous is <laughs> your nervousness was confirmed yesterday by the statements of the opposing candidate for the Republican Party, DeSantis. That's true. After um, Andrew won the primary election, DeSantis went on Fox, and he had words to say. He did. He he didn't want to monkey things up. Is that the exact (laughs) quote? He was on Fox News. Um, and DeSantis said, we've got to work hard to make sure we continue Florida going in a good direction. Let's build off of the success we've had on Governor Rick Scott. The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state. And he was saying this in relation to Gillum. Yeah, so (laughs) that kind of makes me a little bit sick to my stomach or a lot sick to my stomach. Um, I concur. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I, just the, the, the insinuation, I don't, insinuation is not the right word, but 
Um, he is essentially indirectly using a racial slur that against. Is, is that indirectly? I don't know that it's in. I mean, what it does in my eyes yep. is it is a um, a racial slur that can be defended by people who don't want to claim that it's a racist, a racial slur. Listen, there has been in this country, and I know you know this, but there has been in this country such a level of racism since its origin. This country was built on the backs of black people who were slaves who were brought over here. And there has been continuously over the years different slurs that were used to degrade black people. And monkey is definitely one of them. Absolutely. It happens today, even in Europe. So if anybody follows um, soccer, they know that they're in Italy and I believe in France. There have been many times where people use that slur, monkey, um, to degrade black people, will throw bananas at black people. So like this guy, I believe he knows exactly what he did. He was on Fox News in the morning, which he knows is his base, which he knows is a group of people who are aligned with Trump, who voted for Trump for all of his degrading ways to people of color, using words to insult people of color. I mean, even when he talked about Maxine Waters and when he calls her low IQ, I mean, like, and if anybody throws out Ben Carson at this point, I might just lose my mind. I might legit <laughs> just lose my mind if the, but one of my best friends is black comment comes right. out. Like I, I will legitimately lose my mind. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And I, I do believe that it was definitely an intentional remark on his yes. part. And he did know he was the Absolutely. His Um, but I think that the defense that people will use and just don't get me wrong. Yeah. I don't agree with that. No, I know. I, yeah. But I think that because he didn't say, I don't want this monkey, you know, like uh, he didn't call him that. He just uh, said, we don't want to monkey this up. He's and not even that clever. No, he's not. He's not even that but clever. But he can, he can use that excuse. And I sure. can, I would put money on people are already saying, I he mean, didn't they call are. him a monkey. That's exactly what you they're know? saying. But it, are it really? It's not the, it's not the, it, you don't have to say it directly for, for it to mean it, for oh, to mean it. You know what? He said it directly. He did. He said yeah. it directly. In 2018, that we're still having these struggles is so sickening to me. Mm -hmm. I think it's a beautiful thing. I'm here, a black woman. You're here, a Caucasian woman. And we're here having an actual conversation on a podcast where we don't always agree on everything. I mean, there's a lot we do agree on, <laughs> but we don't always agree on everything, but we can come together, communicate, disagree, and yet still come back together. And the fact that we still have people in this country who are trying to act like people of color are taking away from their culture or taking away from their ability to to live their best lives is so sad to me because when the world is diverse, we all win. Yes, definitely. We all bring something special to the table. It's so sad that right after this man wins, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. But isn't that the Trump way though? That is the Trump way. And DeSantis is basically, he is trying to follow in his path. I, I think, you know, even his commercial is basically, or DeSantis's commercial is um, 
all about Trump. He's showing in his... Can you set up the commercial? I can... I haven't... I saw one clip of it because I was only informed about this commercial and I saw it on YouTube. So I only saw it one time, but basically he, um, his wife is on there talking about how great he is and that he, you know, thinks highly of Donald Trump, but Mm -hmm. he's more than just Donald Trump. And there's little clips of him playing with his daughter with these little, uh, toy bricks saying, build the wall. And then, um, then there's the father with the little girl sitting on his lap, reading a book and saying, and then he said, you're fired. And I think there was another piece of that commercial. Um, I can't remember what it was, but I think there was another part of the commercial and it was basically him emulating Donald Trump. And it was just one thing that jumped out at me was his wife in the commercial mm-hmm. saying, he's more than just like Donald Trump or something. And I was like, he is exactly, he's, he is only Donald Trump. He is basically mm-hmm. grasping at all the Trump voters because Florida is a red state. They yeah. say we're a swing state. They're we are a mm-hmm. red yeah. state. Yeah. And I think, you know. Can I tell you what makes me sick about that commercial? Yes, please do. The youth. Yes. It's being passed down to the youth. Mm-hmm. If I remember, the kid in that commercial is no more than four to six years old. Yeah. The she, youth. She looks like she's about three. Okay, maybe yeah. three. The youth? I know, you know, and it's funny because I always think, you know, as these new generations, you know, come of age, I, I can't help but hope that more of these... Um, racist views or these exclusive views are kind of, I don't, I don't know if this is the right word or the appropriate word, but that they die off (laughs) Yeah, and that the younger, newer, fresher perspectives are going to be more prevalent. But then you see this type of thing, like you said, and, and they're just perpetuating this horrible point of view. Right. It might be cliche to say, but you hear the children are our future, but the truth is, the children are our future. And I think as parents and community members and aunts and uncles and, you know, all the different pieces that make up a child's community, we help fashion the person they are becoming. Yeah. A lot of what I know are my morals, my thoughts, my beliefs were fashioned in me as a child growing up. Yeah. And this is potentially... For some people, what they are teaching the next generation. Yeah, it's pretty scary. So divisiveness, how is it meant to go away? I think something that people need to think about is, do they care enough to try to make a difference? And I don't think that people do enough because it doesn't directly impact them as an individual enough. Yeah. So they don't care. They don't go out and vote. Yeah. But ultimately... If you want change to happen, you have to get out there and vote. You do. And unfortunately, the Democrats are typically um, lower income. Um, There's gerrymandering. There's, you know, so much stuff that goes Mm -hmm. into preventing the Democrats from being able to get out there and put their vote out. Because I can tell you now, we have more Democrats, I I believe, in this state Mm -hmm. and all over the country. They're just not mobilized. Exactly. And there's lots of reasons for that. But I believe that if we can encourage people to get Get out out there, there. make their voices heard. The point is, is you have to get out there. You want to have your 
vote count or your voice heard. You have to get out there and vote. Whatever your issue is, you have to vote for that. And we're just hoping that, you know, it is people who want to be builders and not people who want to be tears down, you know? So, you know, one of my favorite quotes is by Nelson Mandela. It's one of the things that gives me hope for the future. When you have people like DeSantis who is training his child to build walls. Nelson Mandela. No one is born hating another person because of the color of their skin or his background or his religion. People learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the human than hate. Oh my God. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. It gives me so much hope. I mean, even in like this super tense time of life that we are in where people are literally just trying to tear us apart. It gives mm-hmm. me so much hope. If we instill love in the next generation, now granted, yes, we have the DeSantis's of the world, but if we do that, if there's enough me's and you's of the world who just want to unite the world and are teaching the children to love one another, I mean, there's hope. Yeah. And I think that's one of the wonderful things about Andrew Gillum is he is not about... Nope perpetuating that no he's not even from the other side right you know he is not interested in talking about these uh racist tactics even when he he was on the show he was speaking he was commenting on the topic of uh DeSantis talking about monkeying it up he was on Lawrence O'Donnell's show on Lawrence O'Donnell's show he kept it about the people yes the people yeah I hope that people see that because I mean, you know, that's what matters most. You know what I hope? I hope the people that do see that get out in November and vote. That's what I hope. Yes. There's more Shut the Door coming up next. Stay with us. just at Chick-fil-A and boy do we love some Chick-fil-A every day all day we we went through the drive-thru placed our orders and side note I want to shout out all my spicy chicken deluxe sandwich people I'd like to give a shout out to the Chick-fil-A sauce people oh Polynesian all the way man Mm -hmm. Polynesian Mm. anyhow anyhow that's a whole other podcast episode (sighs) yes (laughs) So, one thing that I do love about Chick-fil-A is the people. Yeah. They, every time you say thank you, they say my pleasure. My pleasure. And that warms my heart. There are times when I've gone to Chick-fil-A where they also say, have a blessed day. Like today. That's what happened today. Like today. (laughs) So. Which I love. Yes. It made my heart warm. Yes, Naya basically right off the bat said, I love that. Because <laughs> I did. <laughs> and I I think I just stayed silent, mm-hmm. if I recall. Mm-hmm. I know it was only five minutes ago. Right. I um, was like, okay, well, I know. I know it makes you happy. I'm just going to stay quiet about this that This was one. your internal. In my head, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, but then Naya has goes on to. What did I say? Does that make? How does it make you feel? How does it make you feel? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And for me, I um, I don't like it. I think it's inappropriate in a business setting. I um. I think that religion should stay out of business. I think religion should stay out of schools. Um, that's not to say that people shouldn't practice their faiths and do that however they, however they wish. But I don't appreciate it. Um, it being kind of forced upon upon you. Yeah. Yeah. And so as an agnostic, I don't, you know, I don't really think too much about religion, although I, I do find it fascinating. So that would be a lie. I do think about it quite a bit, (laughs) but, um, but when businesses or schools try to force it on people, I definitely, um, have, I take issue with that. Um, so anyway, so we got, we kind of got into this debate and I was asking you, I was trying to figure out where the line was. Yes. And I was asking you, one of our hospitals here is, a Christian hospital mm-hmm. and it's known to be a Christian hospital. So I was wondering if you were in the hospital, not for anything serious, if you just were in the hospital um, and your nurse came in and afterwards said, have a blessed day. I was just wondering how you would feel. Mm-hmm. So, and my, my response was, well, I guess it depends. Right. For me, it's kind of complicated, I guess. But for me, I know that my, my mother is Christian and I know that that type of comment would mean a lot to her. Right. So if my mom was in the room, I would appreciate the comment on her behalf. I would love that my mom was able to hear that because I think it would make her feel good. Right. Yeah. For me personally. You're not here for it. I'm, no, yeah. I don't like it. It, it, it kind of bothers me. Uh, but I would never express that to my mother right. because I know that that is something that is important to her, to her. And I'm not going to, just as I don't want people to impose their beliefs on me. Right. I'm not going to impose my beliefs on, on anybody else. So, um, yeah, I just think that. So, so we are a country that is considered a Christian country. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily, I mean, this country was founded on religious freedom, but the country, for whatever reason, identifies itself as a Christian country. I mean, I guess because the first people who, not the first people who were here, the first people who came here from Europe were Christians and they were trying to escape religious persecution or what have you. But we are not that country anymore. We are a country made up of Christians, Muslims, people of no faith, of indifference to faith. Yeah. Is that what an agnostic is? Um, So we should be here for the masses, not just for the one is I think what your your issue is with the have a blessing. Right. Right. Because you feel like it's somewhat exclusive. Absolutely. Right. I think it's exclusive because for me, if say I was, well, as I am, as an agnostic, if somebody is trying to say, have a blessed day, I think that that's, that's inappropriate for me because they've not, included me in the conversation, but immediately excluded you on some level. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, if I was of another faith, 
and they said, have a blessed day. Maybe all faiths say have a blessed day. I don't so, know. But, but and that's something I don't know. Right. right? But right. I would say that if I, if I were of another faith and they said, have a blessed day, I know when they say that they're talking about Christianity, Christianity. and that bothers me because now I feel like, like I'm excluded and that's something that's going on in this country already. Right. So I know that I feel like not too long ago, Jeff Sessions, um, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this because this is really just a conversation that popped up yeah. and we didn't think yeah. too much about right. it in advance. <laughs> um, but Jeff Sessions was, um, starting an initiative to protect religious freedoms. And I remember I watched an episode or a, a little clip of the, the daily show with Trevor Noah and he made a very good point. That's going to really put a big kink in the Muslim ban, which I thought was incredibly <laughs> funny. Because when they talk about religious freedoms, when they talk about that stuff, they are only referring to Christianity. It's true. And that it's true. really bothers me. Yeah. Because, you know what, I, I admire people who have faith. And that's probably why I claim to be agnostic and not atheist. Because right. I wish that I had that. Sure, sure. I just don't. Yeah. But I think we should all be included. You know, none of us should be excluded. Right. For sure. Right. right. Question. Are you a happy holidays person? No. I will say Merry Christmas. Okay. And um, I don't want to take credit for the line, but um, this is a line from my husband. <laughs> um, regardless of what your faith is, Christmas still exists. True. Christmas is a holiday. It's a day. It's a day that people celebrate. Like now, 4th of July. I may July. not celebrate it. I will say Merry Christmas because I know you're celebrating Christmas. And I will say Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. If you're Jewish, I will say Happy Hanukkah. Do if you? I, if I know if you're you Jewish. Know, okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. um, so there's... But there's also... But there's also like... A, if we're being honest, there's levels to Christmas. Right? Absolutely. Like... I celebrate Christmas as a secular holiday. Right. Whereas I do not celebrate Christmas as a secular holiday... And also, I don't agree that it's necessarily the day that Jesus was born, but I recognize it as the day Jesus was born, but I do not celebrate it as a secular. But there are those two halves of the same holiday. Yeah. And something just occurred to me. Tell me. I think I'm contradicting myself. How so? <laughs> I take offense to have a blessed day, uh -huh. but I'll say Merry Christmas. Well, but that's why I'm saying there's levels to Christmas, though. Right. Yeah. There's there levels to Christmas. There is an actual, and if people want to deny it, I mean, they can. But there is a completely non-religious, non-faith-based aspect to Christmas. There just is. I, mean, I, I feel see like it. that's all of Christmas in today's world. I think there to are a great people, number of people. Yeah. Even for a lot of Christians, I believe they celebrate Christmas. And they may say a prayer at dinner. They may do something religious that day but they're still waiting for santa to come sure. <laughs> and they're waiting to open up their, pres their christmas right, presents right, on christmas morning right right and that's just that is not a religious so i don't think the holiday right i don't think when you say and and maybe i wonder is there an intent does it matter the intent behind what you say because when you say Merry Christmas, you're not saying Happy Jesus's birthday that is not <laughs> right. that is not what you're saying right at all. Right. Whereas when I say happy, Merry, happy Christmas, when I say Merry Christmas, I'm very aware of the intention to connect it to the birth of Christ. Yeah. 
Right. So what if that chick back there is agnostic and was just saying, have a blessed day like we say, bless you. When, you know, mm. when we sneeze, do you say bless you? I do. Actually. Do you say God bless you? No. And I don't like when people say that either. Okay. Um, But I will tell you that I, oftentimes I will say salud. Instead really? Of bless you. I do say bless you, uh-huh. but I prefer to say salud. Okay, I know salute salute is Spanish, mm-hmm. I think. It means health. It means basically. health. And just okay. like a Zuntheit, I think means like something in health like health in German or something. Okay. I don't know exactly what the okay. translation is. Uh-huh. So but this um Spanish speaking people when somebody sneezes, they say salute. Right. And I like that so much better. Mm-hmm. So I just say salute. Um I do say bless you sometimes. A lot of times when my son sneezes, I'll say bless you. Mm-hmm. I did at first start trying to say salute with him mm-hmm. and he would say it. Which did I he thought really was back to you? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I, I find that I've changed back to saying bless you. Uh-huh. So, um, I, I don't know. I prefer salute though. Does it matter whether that girl was doing it? Okay. So I don't know for a fact. That's actually the first time I was at Chick-fil-A where someone had said to me, have a blessing. Usually they're just like my pleasure or whatever. Mm-hmm. What if it was that girl doing it and not Chick-fil-A or vice versa? Does it have any effect on you? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I think that it is the company. I think she's saying have a blessed day today is. I think it's both of them in her situation. Okay. It's a, it's a religious company. I know this for a fact. Right. Um, that's why they're closed on Sundays. Right. Yeah. And, and fine. I'm fine with, you know, the founders being religious, but I also think that when you own a business, you should keep your religion out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think, because then you're alienating a certain potential Group of customer. People. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, for instance, Chick-fil-A, while I love Chick-fil-A, I good. boycotted them for a few you years. You did. I remember that. Yeah. When we first started working together, mm-hmm. I remember... Didn't we used to go to Chick-fil-A in the mall and you would not have it? You would do something else? I think so. I think, yeah, probably. Yeah, I boycotted Chick-fil-A for a while. A while. Yeah, and I think probably just two years ago, I finally started eating there again. Mm-hmm. And um, But I really took issue with their um, discrimination against the gay and lesbian community. Right. That really, really bothered me and I if you're going to run a business you may feel that way I'm sure I support lots of companies that have these types of opinions but I don't know about it right if I if I find out right I am voting with my dollars right. I am not contributing right to pocket put money in somebody's pocket that is going to perpetuate these negative attitudes and these horrible beliefs you know like you may agree one way or the other if you if you think um you know, being gay is a sin or, or whatever is wrong, but that's your personal belief and it should stay Stay personal. personal. Agreed. There's, there's a connection because with the have a blessed being related to Christianity and then Christianity be being so connected to on some level boxing people out which on a real level, Christianity is just about the love of Christ and loving each other and loving your, your neighbor. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a whole other topic. So I understand how that could go from, from have a blessed day to feeling like they're intentionally 
excluding a group of people. Right. Now I have to go have my Polynesian. <laughs> Chick-fil-A, baby. If you're enjoying the conversation, follow and like us on Facebook at Shut the Door Podcast. More up next. for an hour massage of somebody just playing with my hair. <laughs> right. Um, she only did it for a couple minutes, but it kind of reminded me of a conversation that we had um, quite a while ago, but it was something that I was unaware of, and that's that um, black people don't like their hair played with. Black women. Black women don't like their hair black played women. with. Black women. Okay. That's a general statement, because I'm sure there's probably some black women out there who don't agree, but for the most part... 99% of black women, if you just walk up to a black woman and touch her hair, whew, you've committed a cardinal sin. Yeah. yeah. Why, though? I don't understand. I don't. So, I think it depends where the person is coming from. So, for instance, I'm, um, while I was born here in the U.S., my cultural background is Caribbean. You don't go around patting people on the head. It's or touching people on the head. It's it feels degrading to have someone just come and touch you without you welcoming that touch. Mm-hmm. I know when we're growing up, our here, especially in elementary school, when kids are just so inquisitive, our here is very different than most of the kids who are in the classroom with us if you're attending the school where you are the minority as a black young girl and little children are really inquisitive and will want to touch and play and it becomes something that makes you so different and not to say that you're not proud of it but it just is like leave me alone leave my hair alone it grows out of my head like yours does don't this is not a petting zoo (laughs) it's not so for the most part, culturally, that is just something you do not do. If you want to touch my hair, ask me. You definitely ask me first, and then I will let you know. Mm-hmm. So I find it um, interesting because I, um, there was a time not that long ago that my son was at a little uh, park, and there was a young girl. He loves everybody's hair. If somebody has hair, he wants to play with it. And there was a little black girl at the at the little playground, and he wanted to play with her hair too. And the mother, the little girl's mother, kept um, like staring daggers at my mother. And my mom said, "Oh, he just likes to play with people's hair. He's not going to do anything." Yeah. And she got the the mother was like, "Oh, it's fine," but the mother still was not happy. But she wasn't willing to tell my mom, "Look, this is not okay." And I told my mom, which you had educated me on, was that um, black women don't like their hair played with. Um, And that's just, you know, that's just the reason why. It wasn't that she thought that my son was going to hurt her daughter. Mm -hmm. It's just that 
they don't want you messing with her right. hair. I'm pretty sure there was a conversation when um, they either got back in the car or whatnot where the mother told the daughter, do not let people play in your hair. Do not let people touch your hair. Mm-hmm. In the black community, your hair is your crown. That is yours. It is a defining factor. It is not meant to be played with. The people in your life who can play in your hair, your mother, your husband, or your man, like your your partner, that is it. My sister will not just walk up to me and randomly just start stroking me in my head. That is not what we Even do. Even your sister would That not. is not what you do. Wow. That is not what you do. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a difference. I mean, obviously, it's a cultural difference. But I think when you grow up in the culture, you know. So for me... It's not at all odd or strange, but I can understand how from the outside looking into somebody who's just like totally fine with, like literally, I don't want to say literally anyone, because not just a stranger could walk up and be like, let me start stroking you in your head. (laughs) But you would, I mean, if there's even an acquaintance, you would not have a problem with it. Not at all. You'd welcome welcome it. it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think there are a lot of cultural differences between black people and white people where black people are very conscious of the things that happen in white culture but not a lot but the opposite isn't always true when you hear things about black culture today is it all new is it all new like for instance you're talking about the the touching of the hair Mm mm-hmm we talked about, um, like, the head nod that you, at our friend's wedding. And I was like, no, when you see each other, you must speak. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. That <laughs> definitely caught me by surprise. I definitely wasn't expecting so, that. So, to set it up, we went, to, we were at a friend's wedding. hmm And our friend is also white. Yes. I was the only black woman at the wedding. Mm-hmm. And there was another black man at the wedding we do not know each other on any level i think we were with the groom's side of the family or friends and he was with he was on the bride's side he was on the bride's side and there was a known when you see each other you at least nod you acknowledge that there is another person of color in the room but not only that Mm -hmm. you guys scared me (laughs) because i think you approached him and or he approached you. I don't remember, but I, all I remember, I don't know the words, but I just saw him leaning over you, you leaning back and you're like, I see you. <laughs> and I was, I didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. It scared mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. I was like this, what is wrong with this man? He is, he, I felt like he was aggressing mm-hmm. upon you mm-hmm. and I didn't understand. And you're like laughing, but telling him like, I see you. Mm-hmm. And that made me nervous. I think I told you after right. the fact, too. I was like, what the hell was that? Right. And all it was was, hey, if you see another black person, say hello. That was the entire... <laughs> that's, what, that was, that's what I was saying. It was like, if you see another black, black person and you are clearly outnumbered here, like, it, I mean... Say hello to your brother. Say hello to your sister. And that is a known within the and community. And that's a type of thing that somebody who is not a minority just can't appreciate. Right? Like, I can't typically being surrounded by majority white people i may not really understand that type of uh that type of situation 
on a regular basis. But like if I, um, if the opposite were true, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I would probably be inclined to do the same thing, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't know. I don't think it would be as, uh, if it's as aggressive. Yeah. That wasn't aggressive though. There was zero aggression there. And he knew it, and I knew it. Like, there was absolutely zero aggression. It was more like, it, it could have been like this. Hey, when you see another black person, do you mind speaking? That's literally the, that's, <laughs> it came out with, it was more like, yo, you know you saw me. But, <laughs> but that's literally all it was. And right. what you saw as aggression was really a level of brotherly and sisterly not arguing, but just interaction. Yeah. That's all it was. Well, what's funny though, to like, it just kind of brought to mind that if it was you and me doing that, yes. I wouldn't have thought a thing of it. And we do do that. Uh, yeah, we exactly. do. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to me because I think it was because I knew you didn't know this man. Uh-huh. And that's but, why it made, that's why mm-hmm. it felt so mm-hmm. uncomfortable for me because you didn't know who this mm-hmm. guy was. Mm-hmm. And but so- I do. <laughs> Here's what. So I don't. I have no clue who this guy is, but I know he's another black individual here at this wedding. Yeah. And I think it's, I think the difference is like, I know that you said in the past you operate and I believe you want a hundred percent on a level of you don't see color. Like when, when I enter a room and I said this to you a number of times, I'm always like, oh, okay. I'm the only black person here. Maybe I'm one of two women. And it's like that. Right. I'm fully aware of the two levels of minority that I'm constantly facing. I am a black woman. Whereas I don't think you operate from that level ever. I don't. And I find, I, I kind of feel like that's not a good thing either. I, I think that I should be aware of these things and not in necessarily a negative way, but in a awareness way. I think that that leaves me vulnerable to being ignorant about certain cultural things such as your interaction with this guy at the wedding because I don't really think about it that way I I feel like I'm missing something here and that kind of is kind of a form of ignorance I think I think here's the difference right but you're at least in a situation where you're open to learn right I think there's so many people who just aren't we're so surrounded by our communities whatever our communities are and then you don't ever look to see, hey, what's going on on the outside. I, what we're doing is we're merging our communities. We're gaining an understanding of the cultural differences between each other. Right. Going back to the hair thing. Do you remember when we worked together and I got braids? Yes. For the very first time? Yes. Do you remember the response? I got, so I got box braids um, several months into us initially working together. And it's something I typically do during the summer months or like spring to summer months. But I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to go to work. And I remember the boss I was with at that point was like, do you like those? How long are you going to keep those in for? And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You don't I even don't know, I remember told- that. Yes, I told you. Factually, I'm sure you did. I don't remember that. And I mean, for me, obviously, it stuck with stuck with me. I'm not shocked by it, but it stuck with me. But then I remember I went to there was a point I was traveling and I had braids and I was traveling to Atlanta, 
And I remember when we came back, the same friend um, whose wedding we went to was like, oh, in Atlanta, Tane's whatever. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a community of black people. I don't have to explain myself. There, it's, it's, there's an understanding. There's girls coming up saying, oh, where did you get your hair done? Because there's a level of understanding. Mm-hmm. Well, can you, I remember when you got the braids mm-hmm. and I remember loving the braids. I love my braids too. And I wanted to, I, I know that they were really long, mm-hmm. but the way you put it up, mm-hmm. I couldn't see how long it was. Mm-hmm. And you refused to let me see how long your braids were. You said yeah. you would take, uh-huh. take the hair out. Uh-huh. Or, take the the tie out of Uh your hair as soon as you got in your car to leave work but you would never let me see the long hair you know what's that all about (laughs) i think it's just another level of explaining that i just didn't want to deal with i just didn't want to deal with it i can't really think of it exactly of how i felt in that moment but i know every time i get braids every time i get braids here at work I always sew them up in a bun. Yeah. Because I just don't want to deal with, with having to explain myself. I was, I, go ahead. I do know that I, I, I have noticed mm-hmm. that whenever you change your hair, it's everybody such a makes big a big deal. deal. And I do it too. I do it too. I am guilty of that mm-hmm. because it's so beautiful when you do different things. Your, your hair is always beautiful. But, um, when I see a change, it's hard not to compliment it. If I came in with my hair different, you would compliment it. Yes, but that's, I think it's slightly different. And I, I could be wrong. Like, for instance, today, there's a girl at our job who looks fly. She has, um, I, I don't know what, I don't know if it's either a crochet or a half wig or whatever, but she has um, some extensions in and they look beautiful it's like a curly wavy i would say a bohemian curl um it's gorgeous but she likes the compliments she likes the attention wait oh sorry there was a gentleman (laughs) who she was interacting with and he was like you're crazy like your hair and she says my hair is crazy And he was like, no, in a good way. And that's what, because here's the thing with me. You come at me sideways, I know I'm going to come, like, I know I'm going to come at you, right? So it's like, I just rather it be dead. Don't, I I don't, because people feel so comfortable. They feel so comfortable saying whatever they want. And I don't want, I mean, I will in a heartbeat, but I don't want to have to be the one to correct you. I just don't. Do you ever think, though, that by educating these people who say these things, like, would that help? Or do you think it's just... Can I tell you something? A waste of time. No, it's not a waste of time. But as a black woman, I'm so tired of educating people. I can understand that. There are things I think about that I don't think you think about. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, I have one, two, three, four little nephews. Three of which have dreads. I have a, two brother-in-laws who have drugs, and I am nervous for them in these streets. I'm nervous because of what's been going on the last several years and years before that where there weren't cell phones to record these things. Yeah. I really wonder, are they going to see my 12-year-old nephew and think he's dangerous? Yeah. And he's an angel who literally wants to wash his hands every, every interaction. Like, that's just who he <laughs> is, you know? Yeah. 
But, like, you think of, like, people like Tamara Rice, who was 12 years old, playing um, in the park. They called the cops on him, said he it looked like a 21-year-old man who had a gun. He was a 12-year-old boy playing in the park, and he was playing with himself. He had a toy gun, and now he is dead. Right. Yeah, I, I do remember hearing that story, and that... That is something that worries me. And, you know, as a white woman, obviously it's not personally as scary as it would be for some, for you, Mm -hmm. um, for any person of color. But I think that in my head, when I see dreads, I always think that's a cool person. It is a cool person. (laughs) (laughs) That's when I see Mm -hmm. dreads, Mm -hmm. that's my first thought Mm -hmm. is they're cool. Mm -hmm. But I don't. For somebody who is predisposed to con- to just think that somebody's bad, right? For any particular reason, right. whether it's their skin color or their hair or right. whatever, because I know there's, you know, potentially a connotation that they're potheads, if right? They have dreads. Exactly. So of course, exactly. this person's going to have drugs mm-hmm. on them. So I need to approach mm-hmm. him because you know this is going to be the one. This is going to be my catch for the day. Oh, is something exactly. You know, um, and so that, that worries me. And, you know, as, even as a white woman, it worries me for my son because I don't want him to grow up in a world where he sees that kind of thing Agreed. because that's not the world that I saw growing up. Right. You know, I'm not going to say that there was not any, you know, racism, you know, that I didn't witness any racism in my life, but I did the world that we're in today is so different than the world that I grew up in. And I fear for what my son is going to see. And I just hope that I can teach him to, to be a decent human being and to not, but I think you are, I hope I think you, you know why, why (laughs) I've been with you with your son on a few interactions, I think. And I've, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think he is open to the swirl world. <laughs> I do. I could be wrong. Not to say that he, he is only swirl, but he is definitely open to it. Oh, yeah. Are you open to it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, my, my main, the, the most important thing for me for him is that he's happy. Right. And I don't care what that means as long as it's nothing, you know, dangerous or, or, you know, that'll get him into trouble. But if he's happy, that's, that's, that will make me the happiest mother in the world. This goes into what we were talking about in our earlier segment. It's really just about loving each other. Yeah. That's it. And you know, when you, when you say about teaching, I am willing to teach those who are willing to know. If I am your only exposure to the black community, it's a lost cause. That's it. Black people will always be an anomaly in your life. Right. I remember when you first told me about you don't see color and I'm like, but you're robbing me from, from you seeing me for all that I am. Yeah. But there's another part of it that I'm like, well, good grief. You know, if people could not see color, maybe we'd have a chance. You know, maybe we'd have a chance at a peaceful world where everybody hold whole hands, sing kumbaya, and love each other. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. It'd be so nice. <laughs>
thanks for joining the conversation. We're your hosts, Andy Anderson and Naya Tang. If you like this episode, please follow and like us on Facebook at Shut the Door Podcast. Join us next week for another episode of Shut the Door.